0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: AJ firing off those forearms. Nakamura having trouble getting his feet underneath him to plant to throw his punches.
0: And both men were thinking the exact same thing in the moment. Well, they say great minds think alike. I don't know if that oh, saying ever applied to what we just witnessed before. Four. And again, they have to answer the official's count here. Count of five, Nakamura and
1: Styles here. Seven. Count of seven here. This is getting dicey here. Nakamura and Styles, neither man's been able to try and get to their
0: feet here. And the official's making the decision. Are you kidding me? Hi
1: everybody, it's John Pollock and Wei Ting, and we just sat through backlash. How are you doing, Wei? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing swell. I'm doing wonderful. Another Sunday night, and fearful that we have now got the new format for our monthly pay-per-views. Which means that you and I will start our shows approximately five hours
0: after they begin. Ooh, well, what 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 do you mean? Like, when did they typically end? Because we, I mean, we watched the post show, but pre post show, they didn't. They would typically end about eleven thirty two, wouldn't they? Mm, Not for
1: the small shows. Typically, they were off by eleven for most shows. But I feel that now, one of the big stats that they threw out after WrestleMania weekend was the millions of minutes that were consumed by their subscribers on the network and i think that that is one of their main stats that they want to just ramp up and that's why you got a marathon length hall of fame it's why takeover was the longest they had ever presented it and i mean don't even start on wrestlemania we knew what that was going to be so when you combine all of all of this it's like we, we have our subscriber base now let's let's be able to see how much they will watch. And the answer is, most fans that are watching this are going to watch the entire thing. They're going to watch this from start to finish. You kind of have to.
0: You know, I mean, if we're here for the main event, uh, well, I don't know about this show, I guess, but uh, most of the time, I think people will be there for the main event, and that means you have to basically stick around until the end of the show. Um, I mean, the thing is, you and I might complain about that, and I think a lot of fans will also complain about that, but... uh if you're a paying customer, I could see some people saying, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm getting more more show, more value.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think di- different people are going to have different uh, opinions on a show of this length. Uh, to me, I-, I don't care if a show is that long. This This wasn't all that much longer than Dontaku on Friday. And that's- that wasn't like a... M- it turned out to be a big New Japan card. But Dontaku is... You know, kind of like at a backlash level for mm. New Japan if we're comparing things. Yeah. And to me, it's the length of the show. If it's if it's a great show, that's fine. But this was a specific show that I think the length of the show severely hurt people. And some of the finishes towards the end, I think, didn't help
0: matters either. So it was... For me, yeah, that was it for me. Like, the length didn't really bother me so much. It was just more so maybe at the end of the four and a half, five hours, uh, me asking, you know, how much did I gain out of it?
1: Well, as you're you're watching the Braun Strowman-Bobby Lashley tag match, and you're looking at your clock, and you're just wondering, like, why is this match happening? Why is this eating up time when, I mean, for the people in the arena— I mean, these videos are circulating that they were not making it to the end of this main event. Um, I feel like, though, that for people.
0: Yeah. I mean, that certainly has something to do with it. I also feel like it was that was largely because it was a Roman Reigns main event. Well, uh,
1: anything else you want to mention or should we just dive right into the show?
0: Let's get right into
1: it. Okay. We were in the Prudential Center on Sunday night, Newark, New Jersey, and the pre-show kickoff featured Renee Young, Booker T, Peter Rosenberg and David Otunga. And early on, this feels like days ago, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel were in the locker room, and they had a reunion with The Miz, because this is the best of both worlds, everybody. It is dual-brand pay-per-views from now on. The Miz walked in, and he referred to them as his sons, and they went through old memories of their time together as The Taraj. And Miz wanted to recruit them to help him against Seth Rollins tonight, and Dallas said, we're not going to be your supporting cast
0: any longer. And Miz was left all by his lonesome. I'm wondering how many people were backstage for this show. Because, I mean, with l- both rosters, that means if everybody flew in, then that means a lot of people probably didn't have much to do back there. I would say so. Hmm. Uh, we, we'd see many of them on the kickoff show.
1: The IIconics appeared on the panel and were mocking Charlotte. They bragged about beating Asuka in her first match on SmackDown, and then Peyton Royce did an impression of Peter Rosenberg, and then they called him a pug. What did you think about the the New Yorker accent that Peyton Royce uh, thrust upon Peter Rosenberg? Terrible, but hilarious. Uh, I like these impressions. It's what I want to hear every time now. I'm just waiting for Peyton Royce, and I was looking at the panel. I'm like, which one is she going to do? She can't
0: do Renee again. Is she gonna do Booker? Will she do Otunga? Yeah, I can't wait for for the two of them to claim like that they speak normal English and that they themselves don't have accents. Meanwhile, like they are, they have two of the most distinguished accents I would say on the entire roster. If you're at least a North American viewer, so, I think that's the charm of it. Oh, definitely, yeah. And their impressions are terrible, but the, they play it up so so annoyingly that I, I I think these two are great. And Renee too, like her role is is you know can't be overstated. In, in just playing the straight man, being so annoyed at them. Uh, I would say, like, Renee, perhaps of all their commentators, perhaps has the most credibility as the representative of the average viewer uh, of, of all the people that they have uh, working in that capacity. Rosenberg, on several occasions
1: tonight, stated that Carmella is the Floyd Mayweather of the WWE. You see, she talks... said that multiple times. She talks a lot, and she's all about the money. And those are the parallels with the biggest box office generator in combat sports history. And one of the best boxers of all time. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, well, in fairness, I wanted to crawl into a box after watching that match tonight. So hmm. there's that.
0: Well, Peter Rosenberg, I, I wouldn't say is necessarily somebody um, anybody goes to for factual statements. So it's uh, eh.
1: maybe someone will ask Floyd about this. Hey, do you know you're like the the Carmella hmm. of of professional wrestling? Sasha Banks and Bailey were in the locker room. Bailey just wanted to talk and asked Sasha to be in her corner tonight. Sasha, Sasha's upset at this. She told Bailey, "We haven't spoken for weeks, and now you want me to be in your corner." And Bailey then says, "Well, I don't need you. I can handle Ruby." Just like I handled you in the past, and then she called Sasha pigheaded and walked away. God I hate this feud oh it's With such a passion it's it now they're just digging the the knife wound what was the turning paper. point for you? The locker room attack that was definitely it. I thought it was too soon, and now they're just insulting your intelligence that you ever even saw this thing, yeah, yeah Sasha has to question why Bailey is upset at her. Bailey is I, I hate both of them. I can't stand these two.
0: Yeah. Stop being friends. It's done. Well, I, I would say like um they're doing a lot of back and forth. You know, like on Monday, I believe it was Sasha wanting to make amends and then Bailey didn't come out, so now Bailey wants to make amends and Sasha's not having it. I feel like um they're going doing a lot of back and forth. Uh at a time when it's probably too late to be doing the back and forth because they've already done so much physical. And I feel like they're, they're having these guys react to situations that just, just simply aren't big enough. So um, it's the timing of everything is very disjointed. And I would say it's a feud that's certainly in uh, great need of repair. Uh, and I wonder if they could save it at this point.
1: I was waiting for Bailey to question Sasha and state, well, why have you shown up here? You might as well help me. Why are you even here tonight? Sasha would have
0: no answer for that. I guess they're all obligated to be there. Is that how it works in the in the WWE universe? Is that I mean, I think that's how it works in real life in the WWE. Like not But just if you're not if you're not scheduled to work today, you don't show up for your shift. Um not if you're like a paramedic.
1: Or She's not a paramedic, trust me. Well, she did not save any lives here. <laughs> and there was a lot
0: of flatlining on this show. But I mean, in reality, like a lot, like most of this, I would say almost this entire locker room has to be there. They have to show up for whatever reason, don't they? Well, then it,
1: so then we can acknowledge that the WWE as it's run is a poorly run company. If they're spending this kind of money on travel, hotel expenses, like it's just a mess.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah I don't know. They're flying all these people around the world for no reason. Uh, Then we had Kurt Angle and Paige who were interviewed together. I would question also why these two were on the show at all. Angle said, the cream always rises to the top and we continue to use the cream. I don't know if that's (laughs) going to be the the slogan on Raw anytime soon. (laughs) The cream always rises to the top and we continue to use the cream.
0: (laughs) That just sounds creepy. Damn. Oh,
1: this this interview was creepy. It was like these two <laughs> were on a date together. Uh, then they shared their picks for match of the night. These are not these are not the two best general managers in uh company history, not by a long shot. Well, I would
0: We've, say I would say the pairing of them is incredibly odd. Like seeing them next to each other is is really strange.
1: But individually, they haven't been well, lighting
0: pa- the world on fire. Either. Paige hasn't done enough. Like she hasn't been given enough of a chance to to do anything. Um, Kurt, I mean, I I'll tell you, I thought they would cut this guy, or at least like remove him from this role after WrestleMania, but they seem to enjoy him enough for whatever reason to keep him in this role.
1: The lone kickoff match saw Bailey by her lonesome taking on Ruby Riot, and uh Sasha was shown watching backstage. Uh Riot went to send her over the top in the corner, but had trouble getting her over, which is uh Quite prophetic given Bailey's main roster run, difficulty getting over. She followed with an STO. They went through a commercial. Uh, riot used his head scissors out of the corner, driving Bailey into the middle turnbuckle. Bailey then leaped through the ropes, hit Sarah Logan with a Hurricane Rana after Logan had gotten involved earlier on. She hit a top rope elbow drop for a two count, knocked Liv Morgan off the apron, but the distraction allowed Riot to attack her, hit the Riot kick, and pin Bailey at 10.06. When I watched this match at 7.55 p.m. when the finish occurred, I thought, you know, good kickoff match. Mm-hmm. By the end of this show, I thought this was one of the best matches on the show. Oh, I thought this, this was... Oh, this I bell-curved significantly
0: by the end. Definitely. Yeah, I com- I'm in complete agreement. I mean, I thought for a kickoff match, I did enjoy it more than your typical uh, kickoff opening match. I-, I thought Ruby looked good. Yeah, I thought they both looked good. But, I mean, there are also spots that were really sloppy as well. So, I mean, I can't... <laughs> I guess maybe that tells you something when this was, you know, one of the better matches on this entire show, but I thought it was a, comp- a combination of like some really strong but also some really bad and sloppy as well.
1: Uh yeah, ba- Bailey was doing like she just seemed all over the place mm-hmm. and the
0: announcers were
1: covering for her, trying to explain like her equilibrium is off. And I I thought they did like a pretty good like solid for her in kind of covering for this where she just seemed to be all over the place and it didn't seem like purposeful selling, but the announcers kind of weaved it into the match that I didn't view it as a detriment.
0: Thing is, with that travel schedule, like, I would... Oh, never mind. She didn't travel. Never mind.
1: No, <laughs> so apparent, apparently excuse. all the people that weren't allowed in Saudi Arabia had vertigo.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I can't even use that excuse for her. Um, anyway, so this feud, certainly, I mean, it's it's all done for Bayley versus Sasha. But as a result, I mean, they're ha- they're booking Ruby quite strong. Uh, you know, just sort of uh, giving her wins over Bailey and Sasha over the past, uh, uh, I guess, week. So, um, you know, she I could see her being the, the next challenger for Naya. Maybe this will all lead to a future co-branded pay-per-view where
1: we'll get a backstage interaction with the I-Iconics with that
0: That'll be the next 20-minute sketch in the middle of a pay-per-view,
1: yes. The show proper kicked off with Seth Rollins and the Miz. Uh this was their answer to Tanahashi and Okada this match.
0: Um you're not kidding, dude. Like, oh, this
1: this <sighs> there is there is no debate what the match of the show was. Yes. Not not a debate.
0: Like at the end of I, this, this show, th- this will be the match that when we look back at Backlash 2018, this will be the match that we talk about.
1: Yeah. This match was like great. Um, early on, and I thought it was like, man, this show is going to kick ass. Wow. This is going to be an awesome show. This crowd was insane for this opening match. Seth came out to a gigantic response. Whatever it's been, he has, there is something with him mm-hmm. over this past couple of weeks that the audience has latched onto. He feels more special. I don't think he's ever been this over as a babyface. Um, I'd even include The Shield because that was so much more of a group dynamic. Him on his own this to me feels like he is in a better spot now and has the at least potential uh to be something pretty big at this moment i feel
0: yeah certainly i mean i think a lot of that is 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 due to his in ring performances you know i mean his the my, the promos i still have uh, issue with but certainly i would say like from that like iron man match on uh he's he's really you know um stolen the show on, yeah, in the maybe case.
1: maybe that was something that registered with people is just like, that's the strength of this guy. Yeah. He's also not doing those crazy long promos either. And that burn it down thing has, I mean, after not really getting over it first, it has now.
0: And what just, I love is just, that he's like, he's now setting up the stomp with yes. a, uh, like a sweet chin music, but to the rhythm of the burn it down chant. Uh, so it almost like ties everything together quite nicely. Yeah. Miz even mocked it earlier on mm-hmm.
1: in the match. Uh, so they went to the floor, uh, Rollins had his leg pulled out from under him. And then, uh, we saw him lift up Miz back in the ring and hit a Tyler black hole slam. Then he hit a top rope splash for a two count. Uh, Miz slid to the floor, avoiding a super kick and then blocked a suicide dive. They were fighting on the apron. Tyler black and hole this- slam. I just got that. Okay. I was wondering if you were just going nope. not even took solid. it. Me- took me a second. They fought on the apron. Rollins went for the Revolution knee. I'm pretty sure it was the ripcord knee not too long ago, but this thing changes Mm -hmm. on a dime. Uh, Tonight it was the Revolution knee. He missed Miz, and with his surgically repaired knee, he went into the post knee first. And Miz applied a figure four on the injured knee. And Rollins is just selling and selling. And you have that moment where the babyface is nearly dead. And Rollins just looked at him and was like, fuck you, I'm quitting. And he just rolls to the bottom rope. Miz hits a skull-crushing finale. Rollins kicks out. He then goes for his superplex, not giving a care to his knee. But in following it up with the falcon arrow, his knee gave out. Miz hit a second skull-crushing finale, and Rollins kicked out of that, which was a finish that I think most bought on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miz attempted one more skull-crushing finale from the second turnbuckle. It was stopped. Rollins missed a stomp coming off the turnbuckle, and therefore landed on his bad knee there were a pair of roll-ups. Rollins got up, finally hit the stomp, 20 minutes and 31 seconds to keep the Intercontinental title. Super hot match. One of the best of Miz's career. Uh, you you were riding
0: away. You thought it might have been the best of his career. I've, I've, I got responses from people saying that they thought the, the, one of the Ziggler matches he's had was better. I don't yeah. remember that match, so I can't really say. But, those would be the, t- these would be the two. I mean, I, I certainly, uh, it, it's hard for me to think of a better one. And I thought, uh, this ex- it way exceeded my expectations. I mean, I didn't think that they could match the the level of the valor match for Monday. Uh, this definitely exceeded that for me. I thought this probably exceeded their mania match too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I thought, both were great together and i know that like there's so much praise on miz but i think rollins was a major part of this match oh
0: of um, course yeah there's yeah. no doubt he 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 was the lead here but i mean it takes two and, and miz certainly i think uh he's no slouch you know like if
1: no he, miz gets way more um criticism than is warranted because yeah. you you look at like he's had very good matches like his they're not ones that instantly come to mind. This guy is never going to be the the top guy in the company work wise. But also I think where that praise comes, you also have to concede of who he was there with doing a 20 minute match and Mm -hmm. kind of the, the link of all these hot matches of late Seth Rollins has been the consistent guy in this. Like he had the match with Balor on Monday, the ladder match last Friday, the mania match, um, the three way they had. I
0: mean, it's, um, Absolutely, I, yeah. I think that there should be praise uh, around here. But I was really impressed with with Rollins well, in this match. Well, Rollins, uh, you know, he's always been a guy that I think has, has been missing out in our discussions of who is currently the best in the world right now. I mean, the, the conversations, you know, that that typically include people like Okada, Omega, Will Osprey, or even an AJ Styles. We don't really talk about Seth Rollins, at least not to that extent. But I think his run thus far is certainly at least elevating him into the conversation. Well, this year, he's ahead of AJ. Yeah. I think pretty clearly. Yeah. Next up
1: was Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss for the Raw women's title. And this was strange. They showed the video package. And again, I've been very high on this kind of lead up to the match. I thought Alexa's heel work has been great. The problem is when this match begins, you're telling a story that visually doesn't match Mm -hmm. what the television has brought you to, where Nia is the one that has been bullied. But now you have this monster that if you're just sitting with a non-fan,
0: I don't know how you don't root for Alexa just watching this match in a vacuum. Even if you are a fan, I think once you're presented with the match itself, there's nothing physically that gives Alexa any advantage here. You know, the moment that the two of them are placed in a ring together, unless Alexa has like 10 people behind her, it's very hard to buy how she would have any advantage over Naya. yet they worked the entire match uh, as if it was a regular match with Alexa like dominating most of it yeah Bliss was on the turnbuckle
1: and got whipped off when Naya had her by her wrists she went for a Vader bomb but then Alexa dumped her off to the floor and followed with a DDT onto the steps but Bliss cannot lift Naya into the ring she's too heavy they eventually get into the ring Jax catches her on her shoulders, climbs the turnbuckle, but Bliss gets off, kicks out Naya's leg, attempted twisted Bliss, but was caught. Jax placed her on the shoulders, hit the Samoan drop, and won 10 minutes, seventeen seconds to retain the title. Not an outcome I was surprised by uh the match it, it, to me the I think the best you could say was average, and to me the the story was it just feels backwards once this match begins with how you're trying to position Naya. Even if the lead up to it, the heel work from Alexa was strong. The match, I'm sorry, it's like it's it's a
0: visual story you're trying to tell, and it's difficult. Yeah, I really think they could have made it made it work if they had Alexa cheating a lot more. Like Alexa should have spent the entire match either cheating, having Mickey in her corner. I think Mickey would have been a
1: key to this. Yeah. Is that it's the two of them who are the mean girls, and mm-hmm. it's Nia that's just at least outnumbered, and then like yeah. from a visual standpoint this is uh, an obstacle for her to overcome
0: or at the very least like spent time a lot of time maybe running away from naya doing everything she can to get away from naya and and once naya got her hands on her i mean she should have made real quick work of alexa i think having alexa take most of this match without any real like form of cheating only kind of made alexa look like a, a bigger baby face because she's standing toe to toe with the giant And in doing that, you also make Nia look kind of weak for being somebody who couldn't handle an opponent a third her size. But the big focus of this match was the in-ring interview after.
1: And Nia was asked what this match meant to her. And I know for a lot of people out there, this is a really long show, and you probably have a vague memory of this promo. So I have transcribed it here for everybody. Nia said that this win... It means everything. It means Alexa's moment of bliss is over. This victory is for anyone who's ever felt less than. That has never felt good enough. This is for everyone who has been bullied. Who is being bullied in school, at work, or on social media. You're not alone. It's okay to be different. Who wants to be ordinary? Be extraordinary. Your uniqueness is what makes you special. And that is beautiful. And you are good enough. You should never change for a friend, a boyfriend, or anyone. I make no apologies for who I am. This is me. There's more. There's more, yeah. I, I give this woman all the credit in the world for being able to recite this. So you, you be who you are. Be a star. And remember, in the end, a bully always gets their ass kicked. A wonderful message.
0: oh listen! I'll tell you. Like, if the match was structured better, um, where like I actually could get a sense that Alexa was a bully, this promo might have stood a chance. But with the way the match went, I think, man, this type of like very scripted, pandering, corporate speak anti-bullying promo, where she actually attempted to use the word words be a star as a sentence i mean it, it couldn't have come across worse for this babyface nia jack's character it just is right out of a pamphlet oh it just felt so incredibly disingenuous like and i'm so glad like a crowd like newark was able to pick up on this and vocally turn on it because i mean it, it totally represented how i felt at home like it, it it was a type of promo that made it so obvious that they're just doing all this exploiting like the uh, the fat shaming thing in order to make money and, and it just didn't feel real, you know? And also like, don't think all the Saudi Arabia st- stuff didn't really have an effect on this either. Like you're coming off of a week of terrible press that you're receiving for making money with a government that is essentially bullying. And now you're trying to be the voice of anti-bullying in less than 10 days. Like you're dealing with an audience that just isn't that stupid anymore. And I mean, you know, on top of that, it was just like a, a, a real cringeworthy promo.
1: Yeah, and then Michael Cole, just uh, Mr. Pivot. Of course, we have been doing our Be A Star program for all of these years, and it's made such a big difference. But can I remind everyone that this grown man slipped, falling, coming down to the ring? What a fucking idiot. No, we didn't get to any Titus stuff on the show. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this was a—it wasn't even a promo. This was uh this was a PSA.
0: Yeah, I just found it like incredibly tone deaf for uh I don't know. I think what the public can take right now. Like uh, Oh dude, after Friday I
1: I th- this was not uh as to me uh bothersome, but maybe I've just been beaten down. I've nothing left.
0: I like I felt bad for Naya, actually. You know, I I know she's getting all the all the negativity coming off of this, but I mean, she's there to play a character. I, I just think the character was scripted poorly.
1: Then they had Dasha backstage with Samoa Joe. He was enormously popular with the audience. He said that Roman Reigns has lost a lot of things lately. Tonight he's going to lose to him, and he's going to turn the big dog into a whimpering puppy, which is what were the sounds I was hearing. Oh, God. Yeah. I, just,
0: I shudder to think the day they put Samoa Joe into a fat-shaming, anti-bullying type of feud where he has to- imagine Joe just to <laughs> what I just read but Joe's delivery actually that would be it's it victory could be. Is
1: for anyone who's ever felt less than
0: I think he I think he it would be quite the challenge and I think he would actually probably do a half decent job of it <laughs> try to work that should be the next challenge for like your best promo is to work be a star into your promo my god maybe maybe
1: we need to do a contest where people re- recite this promo oh, wow. and the most believable one will win
0: something damn wow no. But
1: it, it, to the, your point, though, it's like imagine if Daniel Bryan had to give this kind of promo, but in his own words. Like, can you imagine how mm-hmm. you you can tell this story and not feel as though you're a press release? There's a certain genuineness that you can put behind what is a positive message, but one in which the WWE just saps out any kind of personal touch and just makes it feel that it's coming from a department that put this through a focus group.
0: Right. I I would also feel like, okay, like perfect example, you know, Brian is in a feud with with Cass right now and it's, it's, it's a very similar feud. It's, it's the bully trying to, you know, uh, discredit the smaller man and if Brian were to cut a similar promo like this. First of all, I think the feud would work a lot better because yeah, visually it's a big man versus a small man. Um and so maybe, maybe maybe Cass
1: should be the baby face. We're all making fun of him for being tall. That's right why can't
0: I be tall? Everyone thinks tall people aren't good wrestlers. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm just Cass. I don't want to be big Cass. <laughs> Your heel cass impersonation? Wow, that's a that's a new one. And it's it's a whimpering it's, Cass. Yeah, it's quite good. He's the whimpering dog.
1: Yeah. Well, then we went to Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton for the United States title. Tom Phillips mentioned these two have 38 titles between them. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, There was a Brother Nero chant. Orton crotched Hardy, and then they went to the floor. Hardy. I almost said Harvey. Hardy leaped off the steps with the poetry in motion. Orton then dropped Hardy back first onto the barricade. He did this three times. This was the first time the audience started chanting Rusev Day. Hardy hit a whisper in the wind, blocked a twist of fate. Then Hardy blocked the RKO. Audience was not into this. Orton hit a draping DDT, but as he set up for the RKO, Hardy countered with a roll up, twist of fate, Swanton pinned Orton at eleven minutes forty-nine seconds to retain the US title. I thought these two had the chance to have a pretty good match. Um but it was this was just kind of there. Definitely.
0: Uh I had higher hopes, I think, for this, knowing what both men are capable, but I would say in the end it just came across like your typical Randy Orton match, and that's not necessarily a compliment. Um you know, just a lot of moves that I think are executed well, but no real narr- narrative that you can catch on to from those moves. I mean, nothing all that memorable, just kind of basic, lots of stalling, just moves. And uh, this, you know, let's let's be honest too, like this wasn't the most patient of crowds. No, it, to me
1: this was kind of the, the curse of the super hot opener mm-hmm. and not being able to maintain that level. Mm-hmm. And this was at a time when this this show was not, you know, people weren't being turned off by what was happening in the ring. It was just, it was a show, but this was an audience that was kind of, uh, had dialed themselves down.
0: It it was an audience that certainly wasn't shy about being vocal, about what they liked and didn't like.
1: Uh, We had a trailer for Total Bellas, which is coming back May 20th, and what a season this is going to be, way. I think you have to, you have to set aside an hour each week for, for
0: your public. Uh yeah I yeah sure why not um this is the season of all seasons so they air this teaser and for people who didn't see it uh because uh, I know there are a lot of you that probably just skipped through these things uh they start off saying uh you know they're teasing like oh they're raising a baby this season they're gonna plan weddings this season and then the last scene is uh
1: unplanning a, a wedding
0: unplanning a wedding exactly because you get a shot uh a clip. Of the conversation that Nikki Bella and John Cena actually have as they are about to break up, um, and the the gist of the conversation is, I mean, you know, when we, we all heard the news, I think everybody's assumption is that oh, Cena must have had cold feet about getting married. Well, if this clip is to be believed in its teaser form, uh, we essentially led to us believe that it's actually Nikki who called it off because. Sina says she doesn't want to prevent Nikki from uh, becoming a mother. And Nikki cries and says, I I thought I could deal with it, but maybe I can't. So it looks as though perhaps Nikki was the one who called off the wedding because she realizes she wants to be a mother.
1: Well, this is also like the storyline breakup as well. Like this is the on-camera breakup tease. And listen though, where, okay. So
0: you're suggesting that they filmed two versions or there are two versions of this, that they actually, I'm, broke
1: I'm, up? I'm saying that this camera was not on them as they actually broke up. How do you know that?
0: I'm not <laughs> saying you're wrong, but how do you know that?
1: Uh, well, I, I have a hard time imagining that if they were legitimately breaking up, that they would be doing it with an entire crew in their, uh, in their home together as they film this,
0: legitimate breakup on camera. I don't I wouldn't say you're right or you're wrong, but at the same time, if this was acting, Nikki Bella would be the best actor ever I've seen in wrestling. And that includes The Rock. I mean, like just to see this clip of her tears like that as she's talking about this conversation, I've never seen any wrestler able to to shed tears on on command like that. Well,
1: wait, we, we we don't know way if this this particular scene was filmed after the breakup. It very well could have been that they have not; they had not finished the season yet. The season was supposed to finish this weekend. Their wedding was supposed to be Saturday. So this very well could be the scene that they have to wrap up this season's story with, and they had to actually do a breakup on camera even though they've already broken up. So what? Say that again? Okay. If this season was supposed to culminate with their wedding, mm-hmm. So they legitimately break up. They need an end to this season. So they're not done filming. They've still got to do scenes
0: together. Okay, but it, But if they're... also oh, they're filming scenes right now, you're saying? They were supposed to be filming this weekend. What scenes are they filming? The wedding was supposed to be. Okay, so what if they don't have that wedding and they just have to scrap together a, se- a season based on... Or maybe they're dealing with the aftermath of the wedding individually. That's what
1: I'm saying. You, you can't just ignore this couple. You have to address them breaking up And therefore, on camera, you've got to put them together where you are led to believe you're watching the breakup on camera. Of course. Yeah, of course. So that's what I'm saying. This scene could have been filmed after they broke up. So you're amazed by this acting. It's probably (laughs) not that, like, it's not really acting. They are reliving what has really happened to them.
0: Okay, or it could be that they just decided, hey, we're going to announce something big. You should probably have the cameras here because we've agreed to document our lives. And then they just did this. (laughs) I don't think that's happening. You, pro- I, I mean, I, I understand you're very skeptical about what you see on reality TV. Certainly when it comes to this show, where I know a lot of it is scripted. But, I mean, some things are probably more real than you think. And and, and the reason I say that is because I certainly don't feel like the acting level of a Nikki Bella is at this level. Well, I, I don't
1: think they're all that awful on this show. I mean, we always talk about how natural all these people
0: sound on this show. I'm saying I, I this is too, too. their acting is too good to be re- uh, reenactment. You know? Okay. Let's,
1: l- let's imagine way you and I had a gigantic blow up. Okay. We said things that were just horrible to one another and we've realized we, we can't continue as business uh-huh. partners, as friends. Yeah. But we've got to, we're doing a show. So we've got to reenact this, this awful argument. We can't stand being an, in the sight of one another. And we've got to be in a room now together to reenact this. There's probably going to be a lot of real tension. And what I say to you is probably going to be how I legitimately feel.
0: Right. It's very possible. I can't so say. I, I, I can't I, say. I don't, what,
1: I don't give the. I don't call it necessarily acting. You're, you're simply. I mean, that, that's the fascinating part about this show. Is that they were booking something, they were teasing the, this break. I mean, they've they've always teased this thing with Cena and Nikki about the uh, having children and all of that. But now this this actual breakup occurs, and they've got to change this whole season around. I mean, this is a this season. I, I want the reality show about the reality show. I would love to get the entire story of the the final um, editing and the, the final shooting. Uh, of how they handled uh, this whole breakup because I'm certain I'm way more interested in talking with uh, you about this than I am the rest of this backlash show. Sure. Yeah,
0: let's just continue. Yeah, listen, I can't tell you for, for certain how much is real and how much is not real. But that's also what I love about this shit. That's what I love about reality TV. And that's what I love about the best kinds of professional wrestling is when you could suspend your disbelief enough to not know what's real and what's what's fake. Um, So I almost think it's almost a little pointless, you know, speculating about what they filmed and what they didn't film. I mean, in the end, it seems like it's gripping TV. And that's really, you know, th- that's pro wrestling. Elias is in the ring. He ran
1: down New Jersey. He dedicated a song for Bruce Springsteen, and he threatens to leave without playing. But then the New Day came out as a marching band. And they said that they don't want to play with Elias but they do enjoy a solo act. They were able to get a masturbation joke here in on Backlash. So then we went through all these different interruptions. First, Aiden English came out. He rapped on New Day, introduced Rusev, who referred to Elias as a bootleg Bob Dylan, and New Day as the booty boys. Then we had No Way Jose come out with Titus Worldwide, Breezango with the conga line, and Elias demanded an end to this. He attempted to sing over and over. He just wanted to play a song. The final interruption with Bobby Roode, who appeared in the ring out of thin air and hit Elias with the glorious DDT, and then all of the people out there danced their way backstage.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, uh... Goofy, fun, uh, you know, comedy time, Phil? Should it have been on this show instead of on TV? Maybe in the network era, it doesn't matter. Uh, perhaps
1: not. I mean, I'll say this, this audience enjoyed this. Yeah, I don't, they they didn't sit on their hands for this. I think this kind of a segment works very well at a live event that you do all these little run-ins and you do a, you know, something in the middle of the show. This is way more better use of Elias than doing a 10 minute wrestling match.
0: Sure. I thought it went too long though. Like, I, I don't think I needed this much of this. Um, I I think that's that's me. That's me watching at home yeah I'm
1: saying at a live event, I think this would work on a on a pay-per-view that was this long, this had no business being on this show, and just this is where I think, yes, the people reacted to this, but at the same time, when you're sitting through lengthy matches later in the show and you're remembering all the bullshit you've sat through, it kind of makes you annoyed that this company is just holding you hostage in this arena, and I guess some felt, no, I will get up and leave. Next match was Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. This match began, and I heard something that I was shocked by. This audience began chanting, we want Enzo, which was about the most embarrassing chant I've ever heard at a wrestling show. Yeah, I was surprised.
0: This was so tasteless. Especially during a Daniel Bryan match. Um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I wonder... If- I how, I'm 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 only hoping that people don't know exactly why Enzo's not here. Um or maybe I, I think um, you're giving the benefit of the doubt there. Uh I don't know.
1: I don't know. Just a I really, really bad look. This many people chanting this are not aware of what why Enzo is no longer on TV.
0: So you think they just uh, they just what, they think he's innocent? Or that's, I, uh, that they I, think what I, I can't
1: possibly comprehend why you would start uh, engaging in a chant like this at a wrestling show. So I, I can't possibly uh, relate to what they were thinking. Uh, there were some early yes kicks. Cass took over the match. Uh, maybe a mini tribute here. He applied the San Martino style backbreaker before Brian fought back, hit his running drop kicks before he was dropped down to the mat. Cass grabbed Brian by the waist and then uh, lifted him up. And then held him by the wrist and started delivering repeated clotheslines. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rainmaker himself. Yeah. Brian then fought Cass down to the mat, applied the yes lock, and Cass immediately tapped out at 743. I thought a good finish. I I liked the immediate tap to the submission. And then after the match, Cass just beat down Brian, uh, dropped him with a big boot, and... Uh, what, what did you make of uh, this finish and coming out of this? Uh, was this a a positive, a negative for Brian, or
0: just um, just a wash? Well, I was uh, a little surprised that they'd have Cass lose clean on his in his first match back, but it was certainly the right call. I think the way they did the post match—I mean, you carry on the feud without ultimately uh, killing Brian's value as a babyface by having him lose his first match back. So uh, I thought it was totally fine. The match itself. I thought it was nothing special at all. No. And I, I expect that from Cass, but I thought it was disappointing for Daniel Bryan's standard. You know, um, I, I can say that I've been a little underwhelmed by Bryan's return thus far. I mean, you know, let's look at his opponents thus far. It's not necessarily, you know, I think uh, any of the dream matches that we were uh, salivating over when he announced his return. But at the same time, I... I I'll tell you, like, I, f- I-, I thought when Brian would come back, I thought we'd get a better, more, o- more over, more over version of who he was when he left off. Instead, it's still just pretty much very much the same guy, in the same rank, working the same style as when he left off. Which is still very good, but we're in an era now, since he's left, where a lot of guys are very good, and of his appearances thus far, Brian hasn't really proven to be that exceptional. And again, you know, I know it's early in his return run and he probably, the guy's been off for three years, but, um, I'll say up until this point, um, maybe I've been a little bit disappointed. Kind of, kind of reminds
1: me a little bit of when, when Chris Jericho took that long hiatus in the mid two thousands and he came back in 2007 and he had came back. He had like cut his hair and, It was, it took a while because he was back and you thought it was going to be all this great stuff and he was kind of just there and it wasn't clicking until he, he did like the turn in 2008 and Mm -hmm. then he started the feud with Shawn Michaels and then he was on fire. But those first like couple of months he was back, it just didn't feel special. It didn't feel as though he was standing out in the crowd. He was just a member, you know, a good member of the roster, but not. Not standing out, and I, I'm with you. I think that Brian, um, I, I don't put all of this either on like where he's been slotted. I think he could have had. I was looking forward to this match just to kind of see what kind of match these two would have, and mm-hmm. kind of the challenge of working this story, which is a very easy one uh, to tell uh, with Brian, just as the the undersized babyface here. And yeah, it was yeah.
0: it you, was a match using the Jericho example. I think like what really uh made the difference after he returned when he started to finally catch on was you know seeing him add things add things to his to his uh like add things like the list, add things like, you know, the the stuff with the uh, Kevin Owens. Uh basically evolution in character. And maybe that's what I'm looking for from Daniel Bryan. Whether it be evolution in terms of his in ring style or evolution in terms of his character. Um and again it's only been a month, uh so maybe I should reserve judgment, but I, I at least in these several appearances, it, it doesn't feel like he's improved at all. Like and in, and in, in coming back after three years, I feel like your your status should be way higher than probably what it was when you left off. But again, you know maybe I, I should reserve judgment.
1: It's also you haven't wrestled a match in three years either. I mean, there's mm. there's all the training you can do, but you're now in front of a crowd and. And doing matches, which is I, I don't know. It's it's not like he's 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 doing awful either. Um, no,
0: maybe we just had our hopes
1: really high. Like, there's a initially. high expectation level for him as right. well. Um, but at least the win here it shows me that they um, they do value him at a high position. But I think also it was uh, protecting Cass here too with the post match, and I imagine they probably have one more match on TV, mm-hmm. um, and then because Money in the Bank is a long way to go. I don't see this feud uh, getting another pay per view out of it. Carmella versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Title. Uh, Carmella was mocking Charlotte's strut, and then Charlotte decided to deliver a running boot that missed by a gigantic margin. Carmella still went down from it. She then teased leaving, but was stopped by Charlotte. Charlotte then went for Pescado, which uh, Carmella sidestepped and super kicked her, and she took over the match here, applying the longest rear chin lock, yelling, screeching shouting at Charlotte. She wrapped Charlotte around the post. She kept gloating, turned around, and then got hit with a spear by Charlotte. But then Carmella applied the code of silence that Charlotte was able to stand up and get out of. Charlotte decided, why not climb to the top turnbuckle? And she went for a moonsault, landed on her knee, which buckled. Carmella clipped the knee, stacked Charlotte, and won this match in 10 minutes to retain the title. Um, Clean win. I was surprised by that. And, uh, I think Carmela's tweet was maybe a bit of a jinx. <laughs> this is
0: well, yes. not good. Well, yeah, I mean, she she was telling all of us that she has been working for a long time and that she hasn't had a singles match in a while. To, in order to prove it, so uh, this was her chance to prove herself, and uh, I guess she didn't. Um, I mean, for one thing, I, I thought I thought um, they gave her way too much time like like giving somebody like her the heat for this amount of time she simply doesn't have enough material to last that long so that means a lot of stalling that means a lot of like uh just bad looking offense and a lot of rear chin locks and like she also does the thing where she does like the slapping like you know what i'm talking about yep yep that just has no place at this level like maybe if you're like a a manager, sure. If you're Lana managing Rusev, okay, to throw some slaps in there. But when you're the women's champion, uh, in the middle of of what they're trying to call a women's wrestling revolution, revolution, you you simply that has no place. That's embarrassing. Um, I also thought the pinfall came too early. I understand the, the desire to give Carmella a, a relatively clean win to make her look strong, but I I just felt like Charlotte's moonsault injury didn't look. St- Significant enough for me to buy that the person who beat Asuka just a month earlier could lose cleanly to that, Uh, especially seeing how ineffective Carmella was with her offense prior to the finish. It was a finish that I don't think the crowd reacted to. It really was not a hot match. And not that they're the same person, but you
1: watched what Seth Rollins overcame in his match. This seemed relatively minor that Charlotte fell to Mm -hmm. the woman that just ended Asuka's streak. And I, I'd say Charlotte is, I mean, you look back, and I, I said that night after WrestleMania, we'll look back in time and see if this was the right call or not, ending Asuka's streak. And I've got to say a month later, I think Asuka and Charlotte are, are both uh, significantly lower than where they were that night at WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've really, like, I, I almost come to look at that Oscar charlotte match as sort of like, that that was sort of like a full stop you know and then they decided to just completely refresh everything from that point on rather than build off of that match to make charlotte an even bigger star but i mean i'm trying to also think about like what they had to do because carmella had the briefcase and you have money in the bank coming up so you had to have her cash in um and once you've had her cash in you can't just give her like a month like a several week run with the title you have to have her beat the current champion and Last as champion for a few more weeks at least to make it seem substantial, so I don't know, maybe maybe it was a victim of timing,
1: yeah, well, then that's that, that's to me just a negative in the person you chose with the briefcase, yeah, because Carmela is nowhere near the level of Charlotte and Oscar, and once you've established the standard of where you've put this title, which that title was very important there with Oscar and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It feels less important now, the division feels a lot less over, and now it's just everyone. It's just Oscar and Charlotte piling up losses, and to me, it's it's not done either one any favors. Uh, Oscar is just uh, she feels
0: very lost at the moment. Well, I'll tell you what, like I thought between Carmella and Alexa, they both could have used like people ringside to help her out. I mean, Alexa could have used Mickey, Carmella could have used the Iconics here, just if anything to make her offense look more believable and to give her uh, a credible advantage over. Your babyface, who's supposed to be the best wrestler in Charlotte. I mean, it's just hard for me to buy that Carmella off of, you know, a, a stub toe from Charlotte could beat her clean. I think at least having the Iconics there would certainly give the Iconics a role on the show. And also, I mean, again, give Car- Carmella some credibility. AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, no disqualification match for the WWE
1: title. They fought on the floor at the beginning. Styles dove at Nakamura, crashed into the barricade, and Nakamura tossed him into the steps, and he was on the attack for a significant period of time. Uh, He does have a lot of stuff to do when he is on offense, so that was not a negative. Uh, He hit a Kinshasa off the second turnbuckle, then a landslide for a two-count, and then he brought a chair into the ring, which Styles ducked and attacked him with strikes and got suplexed onto the chair by Nakamura, who then set up for another Kinshasa. But Styles grabbed the chair and blocked the Kinshasa by firing off the chair at Nakamura's knee. Unfortunately, it bounced off his superhuman knee and sliced AJ's cheek. Oh. Like, the the odds of this happening. This was like a shoot version of that goofball spot Kurt used to do where he'd
0: miss with the chair and it would
1: bounce off the top rope and hit him. Yeah. Uh, or
0: or a baseball throwing a pitch and then having the ball hit hit the ball right into his head, like it. I I I mean, oh, I cringed so hard looking at this. I felt so bad. He's lucky
1: it was only his cheek that got hit. I mean, this came very close to his eye. Oh I mean, my it was, god! I mean, all things considered, a, a cut on the cheek was probably a saving grace here. It was probably um, more than a cut. Like we don't know what's underneath that that cut. Yeah, I mean, oh that, yeah, he might have needed some plastic surgery here. Jeez. Um, The blood was not crazy, and it did add a bit of um, urgency on AJ's part here.
0: I'll tell you, it was certainly, it heightened, it was the the most excited I got uh, during uh, any uh, any matches uh, of this feud.
1: Styles applied the calf crusher, and Nakamura turned it into a triangle. Styles stood up, went for the Styles clash, but Nakamura got to the floor, and then Styles attempted another Styles clash in the ring. Nakamura hit him with the low blow. But Styles fired back with a low blow of his own, and the audience is all chanting yes. Both men are down, selling their dicks, and then they trade shots, and they both wind up with their kicks, and they simultaneously kick each other in the balls. They both crumple down. The referee starts counting. One, two, all the way up to ten. And the countout is called. The double countout at 21 minutes and 20 seconds. So to refresh, we had a match last Friday that ended in a double countout. So they decreed no disqualifications for the rematch. And in this rematch, we got another double countout. Way, I don't believe pro wrestling needs to be this hard. But sometimes it just appears to be quantum physics. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you think of the match up until the finish? Uh, did you even dislike the finish? Maybe you liked this. Oh, I hated it.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> You, like you were giving me your silence of uh, <laughs> how am I going to tell John no. to shut the fuck up. No, I was letting you finish. Uh, no. Well, first of all, I mean, I think when this match uh, took place at the time at, that it did, uh, I saw a lot of reaction online, um, you know, complaining uh, about how Roman will be main eventing again. So I think that, that in itself left a, a sour taste in people's mouths once seeing the finish could you I, imagine ending the show on this oh my god like once seeing the finish i think we all realize why this wasn't the main event i just don't think anybody predicted you know what? it might not have been worse it might not have been <laughs> very true i don't know jesus like uh i mean i i feel like my listen i i i wasn't shy about how disappointed i was with this match supposed dream match at wrestlemania gave him another chance at the greatest royal rumble I mean, that's I consider that a glorified house show. So, okay, you're going to do the rematch at Backlash. Backlash will be the real match. So I'll give you one more chance, <laughs> and this is what they give me. So, I I mean, I feel like I've watched like 60 minutes of this match thus far between the three. Uh, you're uh, probably
1: not far off. I, I, it's, it's right I, about
0: 60. I simply, that, that botch of a chair shot to AJ's face off of Shinsuke's knee, was probably the most exciting thing of everything. And uh, if you were to tell me that at the beginning of this year that, that AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura would have three matches, wrestle 60 minutes, and have a botch be the most exciting part of it, I would have thought you were crazy. But here we are. Um, so uh, I thought this sucked. It really wow. sucked.
1: Was this... Uh, where, where does this one rank? Does this one rank at the bottom for you? No, where, no, you know what? Three. I, I, I thought of the three, I, I thought this one was the first one that that kind of was on its way to yes. uh, being something. I think the finish is what's going to leave the sour taste, but as a match, uh, I thought this was the best of the three.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, outside of the the botched chair chair shot deal, I thought the low blow stuff worked out really well. You know, yep. the, that first low blow that, that uh, Shinsuke uh, uh, delivered and then AJ meeting with his own, I thought all that stuff worked really well. Um, but, I mean, I think out of that, we expected... Uh, this match to finally hit gear uh, gear 11 gear 12 and in, in the 60 minutes that i've seen this match it still hasn't gotten to that point so uh yeah to say that i i'm further disappointed i think would be an understatement so
1: you would assume something like a last man standing match is going to be the next thing to come out of this but then again when you did a double count out the last time you would have assumed that the match coming back would have prevented a double count out which it did not. So maybe we're just
0: going to have a straight out match the next time out. Oh, geez. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know how much I care. Cause I mean, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people watching this, this feud right now that they're really testing their audience's patience. And I feel like for a lot of people, they're like, they've, they've had enough already of this, which is, uh, which is something,
1: uh, Mm -hmm. when, when you look at this, this is not all that different from the AJ Styles, Kevin Owens feud from last year. That kind of had the same thing where they just went over and over and it was just, it never really
0: clicked to the level wow. people thought. And it went on for too long. The thing is like, I'll say, I say all this right now, but the moment they have a killer match, I think all will be forgiven. So, you know what? I'll probably give them another chance just cause I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a romantic. I really am. Two double count outs is like, There should be a rule
1: for all bookers that you just don't do that. Mm -hmm. It was really, I I don't know. It was just a bad idea. It was like they had no idea how to get out of this match. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't have even been surprised if the initial idea, I don't know this for a fact, was they were going to put the title on Nakamura, and then they decided against it the day of the show or something, and they had no way out, and they came up with this. This was the best idea that was put forward. Because this should have headlined the show and been Nakamura winning the title. Seriously, yes. Like, that would have, I think that would have ended the show on a much more higher note. Instead, this was now compounding for me. Like, the mm-hmm. the Charlotte Carmella match, big cast Daniel Bryan being a letdown, Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton not being much. I mean, after this finish, it was starting, like, this is not a great show save for... I'll say the the opening two matches because yeah. let's not uh, let's give some credit to Ruby Riot and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Then, and I think this was also a negative. This late in the show was knowing you still had this non important tag match that was just here um, with Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn happening for no reason. Corey Graves at the beginning was explaining how Sami Zayn's vertigo forced him to stay home from Saudi Arabia, and Michael Cole just laughed this off it's like it's in storyline. It's like a bullshit excuse. Sammy Zane came up with, um,
0: which is like insinuating guess, that like Sammy, what chickened out.
1: Yeah. Was, was, uh, a, a coward or something like that. When it's just kind of funny that they're playing this as a bullshit story that everyone knows is a bullshit story, but for different reasons. Mm. Owens distracted Lashley. Zane knocked Lashley off the apron. So again, you had the undersized heels that had to get heat on the monsters, um, this is not a good trend. Um, they kept Lashley away from Strowman forever, building up to the hot tag. He chased Zayn around the ring, nailed Owens a few times on the floor. Zayn wanted to leave the match, but Owens stopped him. Zane then threw Owens to the Wolves in the ring with Strowman. Then Owens returned to the floor. He sent Zane into the ring. They're arguing and yelling. Zane then slapped Owens. He immediately apologized, but then ran off. Strowman splashed Owens. Lashley hit a spine buster and a delayed vertical, pinning Kevin Owens at 8 minutes and 40 seconds, afterwards, they power-slammed Owens, Strowman power-slammed him, and then caught Zayn and power-slammed him. I, I, I'm I just amazed at this week for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. When you look at all of the attention those two got in Montreal, the media they attracted, there were over there were 13,500 people that bought tickets to RAW on Monday night in Montreal. And I'm not saying that's all Owens and Zayn but they are extremely popular in that market and to watch how they are positioned here like this felt like a blow off of two characters much less um two heels that you're getting ready to push like they just felt such afterthoughts here
0: well most of the focus of this match was on them you know so the the storyline is the two of them and and you know what looks to be some type of rift in in their friendship again oh wonderful um I, I, but you know I I think they just see Owens and Zane in that slot in the pecking order. Like you have Braun Strowman, your super monster, who's basically a, over atop of everybody, maybe save save Roman or Brock, and then you have Bobby Lashley, who sub, I, I guess is sort of at, at that upper upper mid, uh you know upper mid card. I would say main event tier, and then you have Owens and Zane, who I think are two you know at least to them perennial mid card acts uh at, and at least on Raw. And I I feel like them booking them this way is just sort of like they're they don't see like anybody losing or winning anything. They just think this is where they belong. And, you know, this is the expected outcome if this was a match in real life, which is probably unfortunate. Um, Yeah, I mean, the, the Montreal thing, I they probably just look at that as a localized reaction for that one week. And maybe it could be. Uh, I think you know we're all disappointed because we see the talent level of those two, but I mean that's just where like, they like. It's home.
1: clear on Monday that in their in their slotting of heels on Raw, Jinder Mahal is a
0: priority over these two. I mean that's clear. Not if you judge by like TV time, you know Owens no, but, and Zayn get more TV time.
1: He was he was the one protected on that finish.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I can't I can't explain that finish at all.
1: <laughs> like yeah. had no role on this show at all. I mean mm-hmm. to me it's, it's Clear that of their heels. I mean, they like Baron Corbin, Jinder Mahal are slotted higher than than mm-hmm. these two are. Like mm-hmm. these two feel like just comedy mid card heels. That if they're lucky, they'll they'll have some kind of tag run. I mean, yeah. that's that's kind of where they're at. Which I don't even think they will because I think Ziggler and and Drew are that top heel team. So I don't know where these two are ending up. I would I would do anything to see the three sixty five episode for Kevin Owens mm.
0: over these last few months. Yeah think, Or uh, Sammy, Oh, it's Sammy too. Oh both and of these too. The, all the, all the uh, Saudi Arabia stuff. Like I want to oh, see. Yeah. I want to see the the seven days. Like never mind the three sixty five. I, I want to see the um seven seven of Sammy Zayn during that week when he was told that he couldn't go to Saudi Arabia. So I went on ancestry dot com, and <laughs> I've now got vertigo. Turns out, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what do you think uh, is is the result of this? Uh, new storyline between Owens and Zane. Uh, I Another match. I have no interest in these two feuding. Yeah. I mean,
1: it, it almost is like we're going back to what they were teasing before Daniel Bryan got cleared, um, where they were doing the dissension then and then just snapped their fingers and they were back together. It seems now they're going to play that out, which I think they've greatly damaged both. I, I'm I'm amazed at what they've done with these two. That I, I don't think that that's going to spark much interest either um hmm. i don't know i just i just feel like owens has really kind of fallen into this weird spot that if i was him looking for my own career longevity i i would i would want to break at this point if th- if this is what my role is going to be on tv every week um it just seemed like to me he is a he is a top heel in this company on either brand
0: it's, it's, it's he's obviously it's, right. not viewed that way Well, I mean, again, it's hard to say because, like, it depends, like, on what I think a performer values. Do do they performer? Do they do they value rank more, or do they value TV time? Because I would say, certainly, these two are getting their fill of TV time every single week. Uh, I I think if you watch that
1: 365 show with Owens, I think he's someone that greatly uh, looks at his at his role in a company and has that belief in himself that he is, a, he is a top guy that, I don't know, I'd be, I'd be very stunned if he's looking at this as being a, a a high point of his career at the moment. But we will see. Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, main event time. Um, the positive, there was a great video package for this particular match. I thought it was really well done. Now on to the match. Joe attacked him before the bell rang. They brawled on the floor, and Joe put him through a desk with a urinagi, and Reigns came down on his shoulder. And this did not look wonderful to take. Uh, He then tossed him over the desk some more, and then the audience just took over. They were chanting CM Punk, they were chanting Boring, there were people leaving. Uh, Joe was just in control, forever here. Um, Working the shoulder, Joe made these faces at the audience as he applied an arm lock.
0: I I mean, I thought this was all really interesting, too, because like throughout the evening, we saw a lot of instances of like long rear chin locks and and essentially rest holds, you know, namely like the Randy Orton match and also probably the Carmella match, too. I thought amongst all of those, Joe certainly does his like way differently. Like he puts Mm -hmm. intensity and focus into it and then he'll add small variations like he'll twist the neck or he'll lock an arm with his leg. He'll change his grip, you know. So, like, this chin lock feels like an actual move rather than a wrestle. But despite all that, uh, I mean, it. It this crowd just was not having it,
1: you know? No. This, this felt like Reigns was somewhat limited in this match. I, I don't know if he's hurt or anything, but he just seemed not himself in this match. This was not a very dynamic Roman Reigns. It seemed like Joe was kind of just controlling the whole match. Uh and this audience loved Joe when he came out. Mm-hmm. But when this match got going, this this to me was just it was a restless crowd that they were ready to leave and they turned they on n- Joe
0: almost. Yeah,
1: they turned on the match. Yeah. Um this was this was not quite WrestleMania level with Reigns and Lesnar, but not far off. This was like another
0: like bad main event. And um, I feel like the reason is I mean, the constant is Roman Reigns. Like that that's what I have to think. You know? Yeah. They chanted Rusev Day.
1: Reigns hit a spear, but Joe got his foot on the bottom rope. Reigns went for an O'Connor roll. Joe turned it into the coquina clutch. The audience really bought into this. Reigns teased going out. His eyes were rolling back, but then he just powers up and gets to the ropes, and this crowd was just furious. Reigns pops out of the corner, and then just like that, Spears Joe wins the match, and they cut to the crowd, and they're all standing up to leave, and they quickly cut away from that shot unbelievable yeah. 18 minutes and four seconds uh this one went uh did not deliver as a main event at all um really no. capped off what was uh, i'd say a disappointing show I agree. I agree even with a match that i would not have possibly imagined that at 8 30 p.m but i uh i have a hard time giving a thumbs down to a show that had a match like that mm-hmm. but this might be the show
0: well, what what does what does thumbs down mean on like a scale of one to ten? Uh, I would say three or under. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I, I I again, I've seen so many like so much bad wrestling in my time that I've ranked probably above five that I can't give this show necessarily uh, under that. Like, if I it depends on your scale, right? Like, is, are you grading off of like a using the same scale as you would have used for like a nineteen nineties WWE show? Um. Or modern no. day. because no, I just,
1: like, I'm not even looking at, like, it's just, did I enjoy this show? I, yeah. I think, and I that's kind of the criteria I put to any show, and I kind of, you know, you're going to adjust your standards based on time period or even promotion, and mm-hmm. to me, that's... uh Well, I'll say, like... In... I, I had way more negative on this show than positive, though there was some positive. It wasn't just, you know, straight. I'll
0: negative. say it, in 2018, I feel like it's almost a little rare that we get a show like this. very rare like we've been especially over the past month where we've been so spoiled with just like top to bottom like very good shows even like i would i mean i guess the rumble you know i don't even know how how i i I look at that it's just such a weird show but i i would say like a show like this with so much i think uh talent on it for it to not deliver uh for so many of these matches Mm -hmm. i think is almost a bit of a rarity so I would say in the context of that, yeah, this was probably a, a thumbs down show. Um, but I would say for everybody who hasn't seen the show, go out go out and watch that Seth Rollins mismatch. It'll really surprise yes. you.
1: Yep. it was That was a great match. Uh, let's go to the forum. Let's see if they gave it a failing grade. Don't let us down, forum. On a scale of 1
0: to 10, okay, what do you what's think your, it was? Your, okay, my okay. prediction. I'm going to say a 3.5. Wow. Well, I I know our form is way tougher on these shows than we are. I'm going to say, well, I'll, I'll say four. A 1.95, <laughs> dude. Oh, oh my man. God. And that's not between like, that's between like 22 people voting so far. So that means most of you have voted one. Wow. Jeez, this, this is the most universally <laughs> panned show in Jeez. the post-wrestling
1: era. Wow. A 1.95. That mm. may be a record that is never touched. Yeah, we shall I, I, see. I shouldn't say never because see. people never uh, should say never. Laura from Vancouver. I can confirm that WCW 2000 returned from the dead tonight. After Ms. Rollins, I jokingly asked my friends which match was going to kill the hot crowd. Joke was on me because the answer was all of them. Utter disaster of a show. Congratulations to Rollins and Miz with the match of the night and were the only bright spot of the show other than Elias and that drug-induced hallucination of a comedy segment. Joe's credibility is gone. Super Cena reigns his back. Oscar's streak-breaker job to a leg kick. Owens and Zayn were turned into fools, and AJ Nakamura topped
0: their terrible te- double-countout finish. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> wow. We go to Terry who says there should be an option for zero because that's what this show was. A zero. I cannot I cannot justify a zero of this show. In fact, I couldn't even
1: vote one. Not when you had Rollins and Miz. I don't even know if that's an option on the board. It, I don't know if it is either. I started at one.
0: He says he's done with Nakamura versus Styles. It's slowly becoming worst feud of the year. If I wanted to watch Nutshots, I'd watch Jackass.
1: This show sucked. No reason it needed to be three and a half hours and the two big matches ended with a double Nutshot finish and an awful lot of rest holds until Superman reigns Showed back up. At least New Japan, at least New Japan has some really hot storylines building for Dominion. One out of ten, only because zero isn't an option.
0: All right, we got a Matt who says very underwhelming. A combination of poor booking decisions and disappointing matches make this the worst pay per view of the year. AJ versus Nakamura was en route to being their best meeting in the WWE, but that finish completely tarnished everything that came before it. Just terrible. These comments, <laughs> Jesse. Vince McMahon is seriously bad at his job. Oh my yeah. god! He has. Why, why so he- negative, everybody? Oh my god! You're so oh, oh, so negative. Oh, why are you watching this? I can't oh listen god. to you any longer. When you're so, <laughs>
1: why do you even watch this stuff if you hate it so much?
0: <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, we love
1: that it. is not us, folks. No. That is what we get. Oh, we love uh, it. He has arguably the most. Tal- this is a good point. Okay, this is. This is the combined shows now. It's the best of the best on your roster of what is the most successful company mm-hmm. of all time that is making the most money of all time It's of the, best the of, wrestling show.
0: It's the best of both worlds.
1: They they have access to 95% of the available talent out there. Maybe mm-hmm. 90% they can have. And therefore, I I think that there should be a high threshold of, of quality. In mm-hmm. 2018, where quality of a show that is primarily in ring. Um, is that it's, a premium? It's tough
0: to screw up. Like it's you have a show. <laughs> you have a show with this is more laughable the more I think about it. You have a show <laughs> with Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, how Charlotte? How do you have a bad show? How do you have a show that's rated 1.95 on a scale of 1 to 10? From this, it's it's like you have to work to get that. And I guess they did. They worked. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, He goes on to say, Bliss versus Nia, popular undersized heel takes on moderately popular babyface monster. Okay. Cowardly heel cast attacks opponent after match. Courageous babyfaces Braun and Lashley attack opponents after match. WWE championship match ends in a double nut shot. Do you like rest holds? Because we got <laughs> 75 minutes of them. And then there's Roman Reigns. For fuck's sake. You build up a whole match to come back that nobody wants and you put Roman over. So nobody can beat Roman. A babyface that everybody hates and Roman can't beat Lesnar. A heel that people are bored of. Huh? What will it take for this madness to end? Fans were streaming out of the building during Roman's match. Take care.
0: God, like, now I know, like, why people want us to review more bad shows. Because it is, it's very entertaining. This could be wonderful for us, actually, if they just go on a stretch of these pay-per-views. Yeah. All right, we go to uh, Kid Canada, who says Rollins is everything they want Reigns to be. Have Rollins beat Brock, and then Reigns turn on Rollins. White hot babyface and mega heel. I don't know how they salvage Reigns as a babyface. At least Cena was self aware about how polarizing he was at his peak. I will say this is the first time I've ever heard a "beat the traffic" chant in the main yeah. event. Wow, that one was, that one was uh, audible
1: as well. The Intercontinental Belt was good, but the rest of the show was so bad this deserves a zero. The whole card was a massive chin lock with horrible finishes. It killed any interest in the Sasha Bailey and Shinsuke AJ feud. I'm only watching NXT in New Japan until you guys give the word that they fixed her on SmackDown. I only liked when Aiden wanted to join the Faces Congo line, and Rusev pulled him back saying, No, Aiden, Vince said we're heels.
0: Alright. Holy cow. When watching the opener, I started thinking about the WWE formula and how most of their matches follow it. There was nothing surprising on this show, other than Nakamura AJ not being the main event. It very much core- core- telegraphed the finish, I think it means. Uh, we continue to see Nakamura as the one who can't win the big one. When he finally wins, it won't mean much. Not much else to say that won't repeat what others are saying. Not one match was better than anything you'd see on Raw or SmackDown. I disagree. I thought I thought the Rollins... Hmm... Uh, maybe a really good raw. You'll see that match, but uh, the Rawland's mismatch felt like a good quality pay-per-view match to me.
1: If you had gotten a different finish, I think people would have been really happy with Styles Nakamura. Um
0: If that- it ended like at that point where they did the nutshot, I think it would have still been disappointing. But it, you know, yeah, I think it's pro- people are probably a lot more negative based on that finish than,
1: yeah. Jalen from Pickering, I'm glad I had the foresight to tap out after the WWE title match ended. It feels like WWE is playing a game to figure out how long they can drag out a feud with almost no story. Even with that double count out, having Roman main event over the world title feels like the WWE saying that everyone is secondary to Roman, except for Brock. Until Roman beats Brock for that title, it feels like the WWE can't truly move forward. I disagree. I think now is not the time to put that title on Roman. He is a damaged, damaged character at the moment. If they are not turning this guy, they've lost their minds. Like this, mm-hmm. this, this, this hope of, or this illusion that this guy is polar, he is not polarizing. It is a very, mm-hmm. very consistent mm-hmm. feeling that people have of this character. And this last month has weeded out anybody that was um, still looking at this guy in, in a babyface light. Mm-hmm. I, I just think this last month has just forced you to do nothing else but turn this guy or you're going to have like I would not be putting the title on him at all right now. You have yeah. a golden opportunity to put a fresh baby face in this role. Anyone but Roman would be a giant baby face now to get that title. And and I'll say like I feel like the thing is it's not even his performances. No, you know? this guy I, this guy puts on typically great main event matches. Tonight he did not.
0: I was well, disappointed with his performance tonight. I, yeah, I mean <laughs> But I'll say like the the way this match turned turned in and the way that mania match turned into, even if the, the audience had already making their minds before the match even begins. Like they they just don't want to see this guy in this spot. So I feel like you're... it feels
1: like it's it's such an easy, quick fix. Like he would be an awesome heel. It's it's there. Yeah. Like he's pretty much doing it now. Mm-hmm. And you're still Positioning him in this situation against heels, and it's just, man, if you put a red hot baby face with him, if he all of a sudden just, uh, you could pair him with Rollins, you you could pair him with any number of baby faces at the moment, and I think it's a pretty quick fix that this guy could be super compelling in that role.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We go to Patrick, who says it's unfortunate but not shocking that the WWE has reduced the Styles Nakamura feud to. Kicks to the ding-dong. Ms. Rollins was the best of the night, and I enjoyed Owens and Zayn taking on Braun versus Lashley. Carmella Charlotte was crap, but I think Carmella has the potential to be a very good chicken-shit heel. Oh, we didn't even talk about the post-show.
1: Yeah, I forgot about it. No,
0: it's it's not that important, I guess. Yeah,
1: I think, thankfully, it was short. The only thing that came out of this was that the Miz is going to have a qualifying match for Money in the Bank on Tuesday. And that's about it.
0: Yeah, uh, Brian was supposed to be on the show. They announced him like after his match, but then after, I guess after the beatdown, they explained that he wouldn't be making it. I wonder if he was going to do something with The Miz because both of them were scheduled for the show together. Um, and like as it turns out, like The Miz didn't really have a whole lot to say in his thing. Like I thought The was going to come out on this show and be like, I'm reading Twitter. Guess who had the match of the night? It wasn't AJ Styles. It wasn't Shinsuke Nakamura. It wasn't Samoa Cho. It was me. I'm better than all of your indie darlings. I thought I thought we were going we to get that whole thing. Uh, instead, he was just like, I got a qualifier. Well, he also
1: said he's going to make SmackDown the most mush she show in all of WWE. Hmm. It, was, it was very late in the building, and this poor guy was going on last on the yeah. show. Um, let's continue here. Let's go to Kyle. Wow, where do I start? What an amazing show. Nia's heartfelt speech really warmed my heart. Randy Orton kept me on the edge of my seat. The booking of Sammy and KO continues to impress. No Way Jose in a segment with Bobby Roode twerking? Yes, please. (laughs) Roman passing out only to come back was very realistic, like a UFC main event. The match was so good that many in the crowd got up from their seats to rush to the merchandise stands to buy Rain's new Beat the Traffic shirt. Only low light was Miz versus Rollins. 0.0 out of 10. Uh, I I like sarcasm. This guy really read the forum and
0: could see the tone
1: and went for a a different way. A uh, burying the show. So. We
0: don't know. We don't know if it was sarcastic. Maybe this is how he felt. Oh, yeah, maybe amazing. He, show. he did give it a zero out of zero. I do not know. so he I mean, kind of, yeah, I mean, that that was a great. piece. Of maybe movie. he meant to write a uh, one in front of that zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a Dave who says Dave from Sydney, Australia, the hangover of WrestleMania, the draft and Saudi Arabia shows continues in a terrible follow up show. Rollins versus Miz was good, but nothing special. And Nakamura versus styles was looking fine until the dick shots came into play. I can't believe it ended in a count-out for a no DQ finish. So stupid. On a weekend that saw progress, super strong style, and two New Japan shows, WWE WWE gave us nothing exciting whatsoever.
1: Chris from Melbourne, an absolute joke of a pay-per-view. If you have some free time, go watch the opening match between Rollins and the Miz. Otherwise, extremely skippable. I'd give this a zero. Fans leaving
0: early out of ten. Okay, finally, Lewis, who says, The more I watch New Japan, the harder and harder I find it to watch WWE. You look at the storytelling in the main event of Okada Tanahashi and compare it to the storytelling of Reigns versus Joe. Both matches had babyfaces that were clearly heels to the audience. One promotion takes advantage of that, and the other completely ignores the audience and books a comeback for a babyface that no one wants to see win. When I saw the AJ Nakamura match's placement on the card, I automatically thought, Dear God, they're doing another non-finish and they turned the best 15 minutes the two had together in the WWE into another pointless match. Outside of the Rollins mismatch and a moderately entertaining segment featuring Elias, this pay-per-view was a complete waste of time. All right. Well, that is everyone's
1: uh, feedback here. And what a show. What a show it was. That was Backlash. (laughs) Backlash is right. They received lots of it tonight. well, We are going to be back. It is our fourth show in a row coming up on Monday night. Way and I will be back after Raw, which is taking place on Long Island, New York. Uh, So we only got three hours to chat Mm -hmm. about on Monday night. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, you can go back. We did two bonus shows this past weekend. So if you are a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, uh, Way, why don't you let them know what they can go have access to right now?
0: Yeah, well, the Post Wrestling Cafe, for those of you who are not aware, that is our name for our Patreon. And if you are a supporter of our Patreon, you are helping support all of these free shows that we are doing, covering Raw, SmackDown, and, of course, WWE pay-per-views, such as this one, uh, which, um, you know, some weeks are, are, are more enjoyable than others. Uh, but uh, as a result, uh, we like to offer po- bonus shows for all of the people who do support us. And on Friday, John and I recorded... Uh, review of uh W oh, sorry <laughs> I was going to say WCW because t- it, it feels like they're the number one competitor right now so but no it's New Japan Pro Wrestling's two wrestling Dontaku shows and of course they featured uh among them Kenny Omega taken on uh, Hangman Page Kota Ibushi taken on Cody Rhodes and a much talked about main event featuring Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi which John called his match of the year thus far is that still the case Uh, it is today yes I, I, I love I love that match. It was tremendous. Um
1: I, I think it is right now. It's still uh I said that on Friday and I still feel it now. especially after watching this show.
0: Oh yeah. It might be your, uh, your... I might have to rewatch that match before I go to sleep tonight. It might yeah. be your favorite match of all time. Uh and then also on Saturday we released a patron exclusive uh May edition of Ask Away, which is where we answer all of your questions. From, from the post-wrestling forum, uh, all of your page, our patrons' questions from the post-wrestling forum. So do check those out.
1: All right. So coming up this week, we've got Rewind to Raw, Rewind to SmackDown, Monday and Tuesday night. And then we have uh, new episodes of Keep It 2000 coming your way. And on Friday, we will have Rewind Away uh, for our, our members of the cafe as Way and I will be chatting Survivor Series 1996 from Madison Square Garden. Cool. That's it. Good night, folks.